This is the Tallboy Podcast with Steve Buckley, Bob Ballard and Katie Wilde. Hello and welcome back to the Pool Boy podcast. This episode we will be casting our eye over events in Glasgow at the European Short Course Championships where Britain came away with 11 medals in uh, quite a creditable showing. Uh, I'm Steve Buckley, Bob Ballard and Katie Wilde are on the phone with me. Uh, some great swimming over uh, over the five days of competition in Glasgow, Bob, but the standout has to be Freya Anderson. Absolutely amazing, and uh, let's be honest, she got pretty close to getting in the mix of the 400 freestyle as well, didn't she? But that finish in the 200 freestyle uh, was just amazing. And you know what? It's one of those kind of occasions where you feel quite vindicated because at lunchtime on that day, the website and indeed the Twitter feed for the organisers was talking about it being a two-horse race, saying it's the Italian up against the Dutch woman. Uh, and then went, who's going to win out of these two? And I went on there and said, Freya Anderson. Uh, because I, I, I honestly believe, having seen what she did in the 100, she was going to go on and win the 200. Because uh, she looked immense. She looked fantastic. And I just thought, why are you writing her off? And they were. They were basically saying it was down at Pellegrini. Or, it was, you know, basically, they, I think that's what they were insinuating. And I thought, no, I think you're going to become a cropper here. And in fact, I had to get an, an official apology from them that uh, they hadn't included her in the mix. Well, she swam brilliantly, uh, particularly in the 200, but also the 100. Uh, she broke Fran Housel's British record at the ISL, Katie, which I think passed us by in all the excitement, but um, dropped that again in the final to 152.77. And the finishing burst that took her past two pretty decent swimmers, let's let's be honest, in Federica Pellegrini and Femke Hemskirk, was uh, pretty astonishing. Yeah, I think she closed in a sort of low 27 on her last 50, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we've, we've seen her getting faster and faster. We saw her putting in some performances in the relays that look to be rivaling the likes of Kate Campbell in the ISL. But I think this is the meet where we really saw her go from a very fast, very promising age grouper into a, a proper senior swimmer um, who everyone should be taking notice of. Well, I remember her finish, Steve, you probably remember it as well, her finish at the European Long Course in Glasgow last year, where she came from absolutely nowhere on that relay, um, and, and was superb, and, you know, it, it kind of was a portent of things to come, I thought, what we saw in Glasgow, uh, what, 15 months ago, is what she did in the short course this time round. Well, we've seen that she's a great racer, we saw that, at, at, as you say, at Europeans in the relays, we saw it at Worlds in the relays um, earlier this year, Um but she's she converted that sort of uh, that racing instinct into the individuals this time round. Fifty one point four nine to win the uh, the hundred free and one fifty two point seven seven to win the two hundred free. And she came very close, Bob, in the four hundred, as you as you said. I mean, probably left herself a bit too much to do uh, at the end, but still finishing probably the fastest of anyone in that race. So um, absolutely fantastic swimming from her uh, over the week. Now she trains down at um, Ellesmere College with alan bircher uh, and we spoke to him a bit earlier uh, just to get his view on on events uh, in the pool at glasgow and it's fair to say he's a, a very proud coach um yeah it's uh, it, to be honest there's a there is a bigger picture to it but um the european short course was always on the um on the horizon early part of the season because 
one of Freya's biggest um, issues is starts turns, and so the focus has been pretty pretty high on that. And um, I think she's shown over the last three four days um, just what she can do when she's put her mind to it. And I think we've really with her this season we've seen a massive Olympic shift, and um, and that Olympic shift has predominantly been in, in the skill level. She's always been an extraordinarily fast swimmer, so. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's been exciting to watch, and it's been exciting to watch her evolve in the short course pool, um, ready for the long course season coming up. Alan, that finish in the 200 freestyle, I mean, even you could imagine she had come back from that, surely. Uh, well, the, I've got more grey hair than I should have, and um, and that's watching Freya since she was sort of 14, 15 years of age, and I'm used to her. Every, every race I've ever seen her do and win has been close, and I think last last World Trials in Britain and uh, Anna Hopkin went out really quick, and it's the same scenario. There was 15 metres to go, and people are nudging me, going, "She's not going to get it," and I'm just stood there going, "She she always gets her hand to the wall first, and she will," and uh, she did. And uh, to be honest, I just become accustomed to it. I even watching the 400. Going into it, thought she's got no chance, but in my head I'm thinking, but you never quite know with her. She might, she might find something. She might turn with 50 to go, see that she's got an opportunity to win, and and when she sees that opportunity or that carrot dangling in front of her, she she often, more often than not, will go and win the race. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I mean I've I've noticed that she's always been so good at back ending her races, but you know now early on in her career she relatively i suppose used to go out quite slow um whereas now she's going out fast and yet she's bringing it back in this, these absolutely insane sort of back halves um do you think you see her sort of keeping to that kind of is it a race plan or do you think she she sort of forgets how much she always has to bring it back in like is it is the plan do you think in future that she'll go out faster um, and try and hang on, or is the back end always going to be a signature part of her race? Um, we, we had a discussion actually. It was it was 1,400 days to go to the Olympic Games, and um, and the discussion I had with her at that point was, we you're at an age where you're not powerful enough to go out fast enough, um, but you can become the best back half swimmer in the world, and that was the first two year part to what we were trying to do was create an athlete that could come home faster than anybody else in the world um, and at the world championships last year she was the second fastest home um, and she's still we have to remember she's 18 years of age the second part of this was after two years of the cycle the next two years to one adapt her strength which has been with this, the asset of having great land facilities at Ellesmere College and the work that we have with our S&C coaches and British Swimming's S&C coaches, she's now become more of an athlete as well in terms of her strength. So the front half is now coming and and really that's what we design, or that's what I sit down and that's what I have to do is design an idea that would work and with the age that we're working with them from, we're trying to create something that she can step up to. So as she gets stronger and more powerful, and she gets adult muscle rather than teenage muscle. Um, she'll be able to go out that bit quicker. Um, and yeah, I think Tokyo will be fantastic for her. But I also think that we fundamentally as a coach, I'm looking already at Paris for her. And I know she won't be part of our program at Ellesmere then. Um, she'll move on to one of the national centers. But 
I think that she's, this is just the start of what she can do, but we've been quite progressive with it rather than trying to rush everything and put all your eggs into Tokyo. It's not the right way to do it, I don't believe, with an athlete. So what do you see as her best event then, Alan? Because I mean, on the basis of what we saw last week, I can't tell if she's a 100 swimmer or a 200 swimmer. Um, I, th- I think because I like uh, big endurance work, uh, I think I would say 200. I would say it's her better event. I think if you look at the opportunities available for Tokyo, um, I think the 100 sits very well. Um, so what we're trying to do really is we're up to Christmas, we're, we're swimming a range. We're swimming, you train for a 400, but when you rest, you can swim a 200, 100. And so it's a lot of the foundations of the work we've been doing. Um, post-Christmas, we sit down, we go through some reviews with British Swimming um, and we discuss what the best step forward is because we've got the background, we've got the money in the bank in terms of the meters and the work covered. It's now assessing what's the right thing to do for her um, leading into Tokyo. Oh, the trials first, obviously. We've got to make Tokyo first. You alluded to it in, in something you said a bit earlier about how she always gets her hand on the wall first. And, and you know, in response to Katie, you talked about building that back-end swimmer. But she seems to be a swimmer who, who loves racing. Uh, you know, We've seen that in relays and we've seen her you know, coming back fast and chasing people down. Is that part of her makeup? Yeah, she's, she comes alive in the race pool. I think um, she's actually more comfortable in, in a race arena than I think she is in a, if, you, if you'd asked her to do a podcast like this, I think she, she'd struggle with it more so than she would standing in front of thousands of people and racing. I think that's her, that's her comfort blanket. That's where she's at her best. Um, and she really does. She just embraces it. She loves it. Do you, as a coach, um, kind of worry about the attention that she will be receiving for i mean i think there's you know it's quite a british thing to just get so excited about particularly young athletes being so good um do you think that puts extra pressure on her having had so much success so early um it sounds like there's a really good support network with you guys uh uh, and and you're obviously well equipped to protect her from that but presumably in an olympic year it just it, it can it can get to a bit i guess the attention yeah, 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 it can. It's, um, it builds as well. I think, I think when you have an athlete like Freya, who's, um, who's won everything at junior level and now she's, she's embracing the senior swimming, um, it, it can become that, but it's also when, when she was started, when she was 15 with us, I think we tried to put in place markers that really not, not stopping stuff happening, but just being a bit cautious about it because Nowadays, you see it so much that athletes can be given so much and and they then just become accustomed to it and they don't realise how they've had to work to get to that point. So, so some of the little things that we've done, she went to the European Juniors um, in 2016 with another athlete with her there, Tasmin Pugh, and, um, and both girls came back as, uh, as gold medalists. And my request to the press team at the college was, let's not make too big a deal out of it. Like it's it's fantastic what they've done, um, but let's not make too big a deal out of it because it's just a stepping stone. This is the first pebble on the board, and we've just got to keep jumping to the next one and then keep moving. And so, yeah, I think we tr- we're quite lucky in Ellesmere. To be honest, we're in the middle of nowhere. The, the most trouble you can get up to is a bit of cow tipping or something. So um, we're we're pretty lucky with that, and we can kind of 
not control it, but we can try and help them with uh, with not having too many external factors getting in the way. Alan, we saw Freya swimming in the ISL a few weeks ago. Um, Katie and I were very impressed with, with her performance in London there. Did, do you think she learned much from that, from that experience of being in that team environment, being on a team with you know, swimmers like uh, Federica Pellegrini? I think it is, um, it, it's all been one big learning curve for her because um, when she first went on the British team, junior team, she she would she would struggle to to even be in a, a big communicating way with with most people on the team, let alone coaches and so on. So actually, the fact that for me the the biggest thing is is the way that she's developed as a person over these four or five years, and the fact that when she goes to the ISL, she goes with an Italian team with in Aquas Centurions with multiple international swimmers on there, and doesn't look out of place. And she looks comfortable in the arena with them. She looks comfortable talking to them. And so look, it's fantastic. Swimmers swimming really well. But for me, a lot of it's about developing the person as well as the athlete. And I, I sit back and I watch her swim at Europeans. I think it's great. But the thing for me is I kind of watch her embracing the crowd. And that would not have happened four or five years ago. And I think that she really embraces what she has and what she has the opportunity to do now. And I think that um, the ISL... It's just it's it's a fantastic event. It's uh, it's putting swimming a little bit more in the forefront. Um, I think, to be honest, I watched the first one, got a little bit bored, and turned it off. Um, and then as the rounds have gone on, they've they've updated parts of it. They've made it not 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 more glamorous, but I don't know how they've done it. But it's it's more entertaining. You've become more a part of it, and I think that it's the way forwards with swimming at the moment, um, especially those sort of those back-to-back racing meets, I think they're fantastic. You mentioned at the start of this conversation about you know, skills and the short course pool and an opportunity to, to demonstrate that. Is that been a big a big focus for you and Freya, you know, working on, on turns and, and what have you? I mean, Casey sent me a text you know, during the uh, Euro short course saying how impressed she was with, with Freya's turns. So, um, you know, has that been a big, big sort of action point for you over the, over the season? Yeah, yeah. It was probably she breathed into the wall at the uh, European Juniors when she won, and her turn was awful. I think it took about three and a half seconds from her hand entering to her feet hitting the wall. It was that slow, and and she still managed to get home and get her hand on the wall first. But it was it was emphasised that actually there's a lot of work to do, and and we've been doing it for 1,400 days since we had our sit down conversation, and um, and really this year she's bought into it more and more and she's made the Olympic shift more so than me staying the repetition of the same thing. Um, I can also, I have to say it, Ollie Logan um, from British Swimming has been absolutely fantastic. Um, his analysis work with Freya um, uh, that he's been doing and feeding back to myself as well. And then we sit down and she likes details. So I'm running through the details with her of it and the time that you can make and save and all of a sudden, the Olympic podium doesn't look too far away. Um, and that that's the carrots that she, she kind of needs, really. Have you spoken to her today, Alan? No, I try to keep out of her way. It's, uh, <laughs> she's, um, we, 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 we pinged a couple of messages. Uh, look, it's, a, it's her day off today, so um, I, I don't like getting involved when it's their day off. If, if it's a rest day, you don't want your coach phoning or messaging any of that rubbish so um i kind of let her have a day off um she'll be back in tomorrow morning the whole 
groups going out for t- Christmas lunch tomorrow. Uh, then they're all going to the cinema tomorrow. And then uh, we train double on Wednesday, uh, single on Thursday. Then we're back up to uh, Edinburgh. She's going to race again next weekend. So uh, she hasn't told you, she hasn't told you what she got uh, financially from Glasgow, has she? No, I'm not, I'm not fussed about that stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, just for information, she's got 6,000 euros. <laughs> Drop in the ocean for that young lady. No, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> I think if, if, if you look at, like, I, honestly, I've worked with some, so, well, Bob, you know, I've worked with some unbelievable athletes and, um, and she just has a knack of doing things very well. And she has, she has a huge future in front of her and, uh, and, and once we potentially touch wood, go to Tokyo, um, beyond that, I, I'll wish her all the best in what she's going to go and achieve because, because she's, she's kind of the world's her oyster in swimming, I think, um, long term. And, and that is long term, not just a, a flash in the pan type of swimmer. Well, Alan. Obviously, you, you talked there about training double on Wednesday. That's presumably the start of the run into trials next year and hopefully a, a run into Tokyo. So uh, we say congratulations to you on the work you've done with Freya. Obviously, well done to Freya as well for those medals. Uh, and we wish you all the best for, for trials and then hopefully the Olympics afterwards. Oh, thank you very much. No, thank you. That's Alan Bircher, who coaches uh, Freya Anderson down at Ellesmere College. Uh, just giving some insight into her preparation for what was a fantastic performance at the European Short Course Championships for her. She also picked up, we didn't mention, uh, a silver medal in the, the 4x50 mixed relay. Now, this was something that I remarked on Twitter that I really liked about this meet, is that we had loads of relays in, Bob. I mean, quite often we have relays that go by without any British representation, but I think we had a, a relay team in every event this week, and I yeah, think it's so really great to see. Absolutely. I, I love it when we're involved in that uh, for so long now. We've either not had the depth, in certainly in long course, to get a, a decent quartet together, but it was good to see that, and um, you know, it gave them some good fast racing. It gave them a good opportunity to pick up extra medals, which indeed we did on a couple of occasions. So, yeah, very good, and I, I totally concur with you that um, you know, as we're trying to get our our relays together, and we're starting to look more improved in that department going into 2020. It's good to see them getting the chance to race like that. Okay, there was one other gold medal that Britain won uh, in the 400 IM. Max Litchfield commanding victory. Bob, he was he was well clear of the field, and a and a great swim from him. Absolutely, and Max back to his best, I think. Um, he, he was a bit disappointed, or very disappointed at the world long course in the summer. And I was a little bit concerned because I've never really seen him swim below the standard we kind of expect from Max. Uh, but I think he's back on track. He's looking good short course. I'm sure we'll see him do something quite spectacular in London in April. And I just thought the pacing of that race is what really impressed me more than anything else. Um, he, he got all the component parts absolutely right. Speed was right. Finish was right. Um, he was in command and in control. Of that I think apart from the first, what, 25-50 maybe, where he was I think in second place. After that, it was all about him. And and, and, and no stage from there on in was I at all worried that he was not going to go on and win it. And he, he won it with, uh, with plenty to spare. Well, he, he won by... Uh well, over two seconds in the end in 401.36, so a, a little off his best, but, um, you know, uh, still a, a commanding victory. And I saw some people say, well, yes, very well, but uh, Duncan Scott was faster in the heats because Duncan went 401.2. But, Katie, I don't think we can really uh, draw that comparison because Max really was swimming by himself. He wasn't in a race at that point and, and won comfortably. 
Yeah, and exactly. You can only you can only race who's in the pool, and you know something that that we'll probably come on to talk about in a bit more detail is that you know Duncan wasn't necessarily putting his best races together in the evenings, and there's no guarantee that even if he had been in the race that that he would have won. I think that's it's a it was a really great race by by Max. It's not really a situation he's been in in terms of being in a major senior competition and just leading from the start and and taking the win and after such a long time struggling with injuries it's really great to see him back so a fantastic um, gold medal for him now we talked about Duncan there in the context of the 400 IM he had uh, quite a heavy program Um, I have lost count of how many races he was in uh, across the the five days of competition but um, he set a fantastic British record in the 200 free heats 140.92 uh, then he swam the 400 IM heat, as we've just mentioned, and he came back in the evening, Casey, uh, and won silver in that final in a 141.42. But he was he was overtaken on the last length by Dennis Rapsis. Uh, do you think in hindsight he might think that the 400 IM heat was, was not such a good idea? I'd, I mean, I think if it's if there's a place and a time when you're going to be trying out different races and trying to work out what schedule works for you, then this is an absolutely fine one, uh, fine place to do it. Um I think he likes to win and is very ambitious and knows what he's capable of. So probably will have been disappointed not to win that 200 free. Um, But I think the world will be sitting up and noticing the sorts of times that he was putting together over the last week. Um, And the fact that he didn't ultimately take the gold in the evening. I'm not sure anybody's going to be setting too much uh, store by that. And also, I don't believe he's really a short course swimmer either. I think he's very much a long course swimmer. Well, we'll find that out uh, going into the long course season next year. But fourth in that race, Bob, uh, James Guys, who set his, well, he set a PB in the 200 free, uh, breaking his time from, I think, 2016. Uh, he said to you in, in London after the ISL that he had his, his motor back, or words to that effect. So great to see him actually um, delivering that. Yeah, and good to see him finish off with a medal on the final day as well. And uh, good reward. I know he gave it away ultimately, but uh, he won the medal in the race. I think James Guy is back. I think uh, the work he's now doing down with Dave McNulty in Bath is paying dividends. And I think uh, he's got a hunger back. He'll certainly be looking forward to the ISL in Vegas in a couple of weeks' time. But I think uh, James Guy, Mark 2020, is going to be a very different animal. Well, the middle distance free was quite successful uh, for Britain's men, Duncan in the 200, and then a fantastic swim from Tom Dean in the 400, sort of outside smoke, to uh, to take a silver medal there, Katie. Yeah, that was an absolutely incredible swim. Um, you know, he's still very young, and to be coming through in, in such a, a talented field like that is really, really impressive. I think... Um, Perhaps he's one of the, the few that might be a bit disappointed with some of his heat swims and it's probably been quite a good meet to learn from in that way because it was we had although we had sometimes four guys entered in the uh, the events, he was often miss, missed out on a semi final or a final place on the basis of the two per nation rule. Um so I'm sure something he will be looking at coming out of this will be will be swimming fast in the morning and he will have seen Duncan having you know, doing that. Um, but you know, no one should be taking away how great that 400 free was. It's some, someone else who's really exciting for uh, Tokyo, hopefully. Well, he's one of those swimmers uh, that occurs to me is somebody who is a big game performer, is a big 
atmosphere performer um, and will replicate that at a, a bigger level on uh, a bigger stage come 2020. I, I just think you, you've come across it over the years, Katie, and I've seen it from a commentary point of view. People that you look on and you rely on because you think this person is not going to let me down they have something about them it's an aura or whatever that when they get into that situation you think i can bank on this person because they're going to come up with the goods yeah but you have to get there first that's the thing like i would always rely on him in a final i don't know if i'd necessarily rely on him in a heat um but to get to that final you have to be putting together solid reliable heat performances well that's going to be uh the, the big story for next year and I think he could be a, a vital part of the the men's 4x2 uh, squad as well so it may well be that that team needs him to swim a, do a job in a heat and swim fast in the morning so something for him to take away from this uh, this competition to work on quite apart from a, a fantastic um, silver medal that he uh, delivered in that 400 free um, there was one more uh, one more silver medal for the British team, which came on the final evening from uh, Molly Renshaw. She won the silver in the 200 metres breaststroke, uh, which was, a, I thought, a really nice swim from her, Bob, just to uh, you know, round out her season uh, and show that she's still going to be a, you know, a force to be reckoned with probably in 2020. So what a terrific finish. We're talking about terrific finishes during the course of the five days in Glasgow. That was one of the better ones, uh, definitely from a British point of view. Uh, she came through. I think a lot of people certainly come off that final turn, probably wrote her off thinking, oh, she's going to finish fourth. She'll just miss out on the medal. But the way she came back over that last stretch, uh, she's obviously done the work. She's got the endurance in there. And, you know, it's, it's all looking good. Maybe we're back in a situation we were with couple of years ago where we have three people all around uh, potentially long course 222 221 maybe uh, with Justin Elliott uh, breaking those two records in the, uh, the Swimming England meet. Well that's right because Molly uh, won the silver in 219.66 the gold went to uh, Marita Temnikova uh, of Russia in 218.35 but Daniel Sheffield as you uh, as you say Bob Jocelyn Elliott set a British record in the 200 breast 217.1 which was uh, no, a massive PB for her, Katie, and uh, that just adds another, a little bit of spice. I mean, we've got we've got Molly, obviously, you know, still showing that she's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Kayla van der Merv, who's the up and coming swimmer. We don't know what we'll see from um, uh, Chloe Tutton next year, and, and Jocelyn has been there or thereabouts, and looks like she's back to her best. Yeah, it is really exciting. I think um, there's been perhaps I think Molly is the most reliable and the most consistent of those. I don't think we've seen what Kayla can do yet just because she's she's pretty young and seems to be improving really quickly. Um, But the the other two seem to have been a a little bit up and down um, in sort of varying amounts. So, you know, I think if you were if you were going to bet on on someone, it would probably be on Molly. Um, But I wouldn't write any of the others off. Well, it certainly helps to have that competition uh, amongst the swimmers when the, the places come up for grabs uh, at trials next year, but some very fast times needed to qualify. So I'm sure they'll all be working hard over the winter to um, to get those spots. A uh, couple of bronze medals or three bronze medals uh, in the pool as well. Um, uh, Georgia Davis, no, Evergreen uh, in her backstroke picked up the uh, the bronze in the 100. Uh pretty good from her bob a sort of stepping stone maybe to the isl final for her as well yeah isl final and obviously very much a part of that medley relay for next year as well uh they've got they've got a chance they say hopefully we'll make a final and uh, could, could push um potentially for a top 
three, maybe four place at the Olympics next year. So, yeah, uh, she's consistent, uh, always there or thereabouts, very, very, very rarely lets anybody down. Uh, and someone who I thought looked a bit more like like themselves, if you like, was uh, Siobhan Marie O'Connor, Katie. She's obviously moved up to Loughborough to train there and, and bedding into a new programme um, as we head into this new season. But just some glimpses of, of her her best self, I thought, in that 200 IM where she picked up a bronze. Yeah, I thought she certainly looked more herself than she's looked for a while. And, you know, good to see her doing a few of the events that we haven't seen her do for a while. We saw her in the uh, 100 fly where she did a pretty decent time. And then she, I think she split under 30 in the in the breaststroke on the medley relay, which is great to see. Um, but, yeah, really good to see her back to and not quite her best yet in the 200 IM. But she was certainly closer than we've seen her for a while. No, we hope that that. No, bidding in process in the, the new programme continues and we'll see her firing on all cylinders come trials next year. Uh, last medal, just to mention, men's 200 backstroke, Luke Greenbank, continuing where he left off at Worlds uh, in the summer with a, another bronze in that 200 back. Uh, Bob, only four 100s off silver as well, so uh, good performance from him. Yeah, and do you know what? With what happened last week, I'm, I'm starting to get a feeling that maybe we should say to Luke, right, you concentrate on the 200. You've got your world medal. You've now got your European short course medal because I, I believe there's somebody coming up on the rails who's going to usurp him when it comes to the medley relay next year. Uh, we haven't talked about him yet. He didn't get a medal last week, but I think overall consistency-wise and PB-wise, um, there's no doubt to me that uh, Joe Litchfield was one of the stars of the week because he went in there, no real pedigree, nobody quite sure what he's going to do, always at the moment living in the shadow of Max. And I think uh, there's every indication from the way I was looking last week, of course, short course and long course are two different things. But I just got the feeling that maybe he is now potentially the front runner for that Medi Relay backstroke place. When he made the final of the 50, I think he was, he just narrowly missed the final of the um, uh, of the 100. Uh, Katie, do you think there there might be some people in British swimming who are suggesting he concentrates on that 100, or do you think maybe he, him and his coach might have had that conversation you know, with one eye on that medley relay? I think it. I mean, it's certainly a gap, isn't it? Is, and there's a chance. Um, I just don't think I'd realised how good he was at sprinting before this weekend uh well no sorry until last week um it was just a pretty eye-opening in in multiple events i think he also saw a really fast 100 fly uh he's 50 back i think he was he only just missed out on a medal there um so you know it would when you're that naturally talented and uh, you know he's got such a strong backstroke and there is that chance there you'd be mad not to try and grab it I think it's going to be great, Steve, also, is the fact that I know uh, there's a great competitive edge between Max and Joe. Obviously, Max has been the uh, star performer and has had the fourth place in the Olympics. Stuff. But I actually think that dynamic is going to work really well because they're going to spur each other on that Loughborough programme. I think we're probably going to see uh, some quite spectacular things from both of them next year. Well, it could be uh, very interesting when it comes around to trials uh, between those two and indeed uh, to see where Joe's focus lies. Uh, one other swimmer I just wanted to to mention in passing was Anna Hopkin, who uh, swam very well. She was the fastest woman in the 4x50 mixed free relay final to split 23-1-3 uh, and just narrowly missed out in the uh, the individual 50-metre freestyle uh, final. Uh, then there was there was nothing between sort of third and sixth where she finished, Katie, but she's 
continued the form that she's shown you know in the u.s program and, and that she showed us at worlds um earlier in the year and looks really promising i think for 2020 yeah i think she doesn't seem at all intimidated you know whoever you put her up against and you know she is relatively new to the senior international uh field whatever it's called um but uh, yeah I, I think you know the disadvantage for her is when you, you see that relay coming out she's she's a lot smaller than a lot of the girls and so to be holding her own you know with people who are sort of you know six inches taller than her is pretty amazing um she's got incredible starts and turns which i think is one of the things that they really seem to work so hard on in the u.s um which i think is standing her in pretty good stead short course but actually i think she's actually a better long course swimmer so and and to be honest that probably applies to almost all the all the british swimmers um if we're doing well in the short in short course i think it bodes really really well for long course I think height-wise, yeah, you know, that's accentuated by the fact she in that mixed relay she came out with two blokes and and Freya Anderson who's six foot two. So, uh, you know, I think I think that is accentuated. But uh, but your general point is well made, um, indeed. Well, so, she's five foot six or something, which is pretty. I mean, that is pretty small for a, a top um, sprinter. You know, you see Kate Campbell's over six foot. I think Bronte Campbell is about five eleven. Um, Simone Manuel's pretty tall. I, I think she would be one of the smallest in any field of top female freestylers. Well, probably punching above her height, maybe it's fair to say. But she did swim really, really well, I thought, um, over this week. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what she will do uh, long course next year when the, when the season moves around. Um, that wraps up the uh, the medals and the, and some highlights that uh, that we picked up from the European short course. Uh and Hills, Bob, you want to uh, throw into the mix? Well, I'll be interested to see what happens now with the ISL in uh, just under two weeks' time, because obviously no Adam Peaty up in Glasgow will want uh, that uh, 100 record back. Well, he uh, he alluded to the fact after the London meet that they would be tapering, at least in part, for that final. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how fast uh, he swims over there. Uh, quite a few Brits heading over to that ISL final. Katie, do you think you know, this... For those that are doing that, you know, the Duncan Scotts, James Guys, uh, Georgia Davies of this world, uh, been a good kind of workout for them over this, this five days to get them ready for that. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think ev- everyone, as has been the case through the whole of the ISL, everyone will probably be at slightly different stages of their preparation. Some people might already have had their meet that they're resting for. Some might be trying to carry on the taper and then some might be tapering just for that. So I think, um, I mean, there's no doubt it'll be fast. And I think you're exactly right, Bob. I think Adam's going to want that that record back. Well, we look forward to watching that uh, swimming uh, in a couple of weeks time and, and to see what sort of times those swimmers will produce but uh, time to draw this podcast to a close bob and katie thank you very much for your insights as ever thank you steve thank you uh as ever if you want to uh, get in touch you can do so on twitter at poolboy or on facebook.com slash poolboy uk or if you want to send me an email you can do so at poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact but until the next episode thanks for listening You've been listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast.